Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Your life, in a nutshell, should be about other people. It should be about Jesus, and it should be about others. Well, should you just completely not pay attention to it? No. You're on the list, and that's the acronym that was, that's commonly used there. I know John Corson says this all the time. It's joy. It's Jesus, others, then you. Well, if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't take a... No, no, no. Focus. If, if I can encourage you to do anything, if I can encourage you to do anything, focus more on Jesus. In today's message, Pastor James will remind you of the greater picture of your everyday life. Throughout the day, whether you notice it or not, your thoughts are about you. And while it's perfectly okay to think of yourself and your health, it's also important to think of others. The Bible tells Christians to treat others the way that we want to be treated. So how would you want to be treated by those around you? Do you want them to act selfishly towards you, or do you want them to act kindly and generously towards you? Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. So we're uh, continuing on through 2 Timothy. We uh, kind of jumped into this book. This is uh, the second letter that the Apostle Paul has penned and written to his, uh, his son in the faith, Timothy. And it's just kind of, a, it's, it's his last words. We've gone over this before, but this is like the last book he wrote. So if you're not up to speed with like uh, the chronology of the Bible and, and who, you know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This was the, um, the last letter that he wrote before his life was taken from him, okay? Uh, and so in this last letter, uh, he's just communicating to his, his dear son, Timothy, just kind of give him a heads up of like, hey, here's what's to come. Here's what to expect. Uh, here's how to handle these things. And both First and Second Timothy technically would kind of go together as far as the uh, the message of the two books. But Second Timothy is this last little um, the last little memo to you know to to Timothy, but also to the church. And and today in chapter three, we're only going to cover half of this chapter. Um, but it's really a good heads up for us. It's nice to have a heads up, right? Um, it's good, you know, that people will kind of give you, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a warning of what's to come. I appreciate that. I like that in life when my boss gives me a heads up. Oh, hey, by the way, um, here's what you can expect this week. And I'm like, sweet, okay. Because if I don't have, if I don't know, you know, at least an idea of what's coming, I don't function well at all. I just don't, okay? Um, I get stressed out. Uh, I get worried. I, I, all that stuff just kind of starts to bubble up with inside me. And then it just wears on me and brings me down. Uh, I love that Jesus in his Bible, all throughout his word, he's like, hey, let me give you a heads up. Hey, let me give you a heads up. <laughs> here's a heads up. You know, that was Jesus giving his disciples, hey, here's a heads up. Here's what's going to happen in the end times. Well, how do we know it's going to be the end times? Well, nobody really knows the, the day or the hour. However, there's always going to be signs. And, uh, and he spelled it out, you know, in the last days, there's going to be this, this, and this, you know, wars, rumors of wars, and, 
pestilence. And I mean, all the stuff that Jesus told his disciples, we're seeing take place now. Okay? Doesn't mean that you're in the end times right now, but it does mean that you're probably on the doorstep. Okay? So as far as like world history wise, I mean, we're, we're, we're really close to this thing. Paul does the same thing for Timothy. And uh, the section we're going to go through, he, he gives them a heads up. He's like, listen, here's what you need to watch out for. And this is real stuff. This is, these are real things. And, and we'll see this. I mean, let's, let's just go through this. There's a lot of terms in here. I'm not going to define everyone because they don't all need to be defined. But we're going to just walk through this. And this is going to give us a heads up of the godlessness in the last day. Okay? Verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Understand this. Verse, uh, verse 1, chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. We can just even pause there. This is, I'm reading from the ESV, but uh, in the last days, it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. Paul is telling Timothy. Now, this was written many, many years ago, okay? And it was challenging for these guys. So it, it, there was an application of what Paul was saying here to Timothy that was um, a direct application concerning the things that they were experiencing. All right, a lot of persecution was happening at this point in time. Like I said, Paul was about to, I mean, he was in prison when he was writing this letter. He was about to lose his life for the sake uh, of, of the gospel. So things were difficult for these guys. Now, you, you have this time period where it seems as though things kind of cooled down concerning world history-wise and all that. There's always been persecution and po- pockets of it and all that good stuff throughout, you know, throughout uh, world history. However, so it has a, you know, very practical application at that point in time, but then it does speak of like the actual end times. And just so we're aware, um, when it gets close to the end, things will become progressively more and more challenging. For who? For people who love Jesus. For people who love Jesus. And that's, I mean, period. The most persecuted people on this planet, I don't care what anybody has, is it's Christians. Christians are the most persecuted people on this planet. There's not even a comparison. Nobody even comes group. No, 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 no certain kind of group, people group or anything. Nobody comes close to the amount of persecution that Christians face in this world today. Nobody does. I don't care, I don't care what the social matters are. Nobody comes close to Christians concerning persecution. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. That's just how it is. We have brothers and sisters who are dying right now in other countries simply because they believe in Jesus. That's it. That's the reason to kill them. That is okay. According to our world standards, it is okay to take somebody's life if they believe in Jesus. Why? Because that makes them the enemy. They're hostile. You believe in the Bible? It's grounds for you to lose your life. It's becoming more and more so to where it's, it's grounds for you to be imprisoned. This is just going to keep getting worse. I hope we understand that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's tragic when we see individuals by the hundreds losing their lives and their freedom because they follow Jesus. There's a purifying effect that happens with, per- with persecution. Um, 
because we, I mean, unfortunately, we live in this. I love America. It's a beautiful country. Love it all. Um, however, you know, we, we've kind of become into this. We've been lulled into this state of like, this is somehow a Christian nation. It's not a Christian nation. It's not. It's just not. Okay. Maybe at one point in time it was founded and all this stuff, but we don't live in that day anymore. We don't live in that day anymore. We live in a world where it's becoming more and more okay just to, I mean, you, you can believe in whatever you want to believe and all that good stuff. But what that creates within the church is maybe some people who say, Lord, Lord, but don't actually even follow Jesus. You turn the temperature up, the persecution, so to speak, you really find out who's about Jesus and who's not. Okay? So that's part of this, this element of like, well, why even persecution? Why would even God allow this to take place? Well, because sometimes there's wheat and there's tares. Sometimes you got to figure out which is which, because they look the same. They look the same. They sometimes even sound the same. So persecution is an, it has this purification kind of element to it. There's, I mean, but it's difficult, and, and you know, there's no getting around it. it it's, it's difficult. And even for believers who are hardcore, just sold out for Jesus, it can be challenging for everybody. It can be def- just absolutely difficult. And that's what Paul is saying. He's not going to like try to like, you know, get around this, so to speak, because he's, got a, he's dealing with a young minister who, who seems to have some issues with worry, right? I mean, self-doubt. I mean, Timothy was plagued by some of these things. And Paul is speaking truth to Timothy, to Timothy and trying to encourage him. But he's also going to say, listen, I'm going to tell you how it is. It's, it's rough. And I'd be lying to you to say it's going to get better. I'd be lying to you to, say, to tell you, Timothy, it's going to get better. It's going to get easier. It's not. It's not. So what do we do? We hide in holes and not? No, no. That the climate might be getting darker. We should be shining brighter. We should be shining brighter. The backdrop maybe is dark as night. Well, then that's where you and I, who are lights, should shine the, shine the brightest, right? You, people should know. People should know. And that's kind of what Paul is getting to here, you know, as we go through this list. I mean, you're going to really, you're going you're gonna to tell who's who when uh, the difficulties come, okay? So understand this. Last days, there will be times of difficulty, and he goes into the individuals that we're going to be dealing with, um, just the behavior of, in, in, of, of mankind, so to speak. And now I need you to understand that every attribute that is given towards uh, an individual within this portion of Scripture is given towards a quote-unquote religious person, okay? So we need to know that from the, from the start. Paul isn't just throwing out there like, yeah, here's these really bad guys. No, these are like actual teachers. These are teachers, these are religious leaders. And here's, here's some characteristics. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, or another way to say that is selfish. Selfish. Now, um, I was listening to Pastor Chuck Smith teach on this. Uh, he taught 3 and 4. Of course, he taught chapters 3 and 4, and it took him an hour and a half, so I will not be doing that today. But he was teaching on this. I think this teaching was probably 20 years ago. And he's like, you know, men will be lovers of self. And so he starts going into it. This is 20 years ago. This is like 
That's probably, I mean, internet was just kind of becoming a thing, but you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have Instagram. You didn't have Snapchat. You didn't have, um, I don't even know what the other one was. There was one that was before all of those uh, that just didn't last that long. Um, whatever, Which, what, what was it? MySpace, yeah. No, what, that thing didn't last long. Um, but before all that, you know, you had, uh, I mean, you just had a plethora of like magazine covers, and that's what he referenced. It's like magazine covers and all this stuff, and how the, the, the trend for, and if you do a, like a history study on magazines, you can watch this thing, this, this thing where it go from where it's like, it was about like people, and then it became about us, and now it's about you, and uh, all this stuff, like it really got narrowed in, they honed it into where it was like, and not so much about the individual, it's about you as the individual. We want to make you feel special. Well, we live in a day and age where, I mean, my goodness, we are lovers of self. We can't get enough of ourselves. We just can't. We can't. And I, if you don't believe me, just check out social media. We cannot get enough of ourselves. I mean, that's just how it is. Our culture is, is and it's almost as like we're being conditioned for this. But Paul's telling Timothy back in the day where there was no like self-promotion through, you know, social media and all that stuff. He's like, in these last days, people are going to be absolutely consumed with themselves. That's what selfishness means. You are absolutely consumed with you. Now, that doesn't always mean that you're like spending hours checking yourself out in the mirror. If you're doing that, you got to move on, okay? You just got to stop doing that, okay? It's, I don't know, it's not going to get any better. It's, I don't know if it's going to get any worse, but you just got to stop doing that. Like, just take what, you, take what you have and just go on with it, right? Like, that's what you have, okay? But it's not always just that. This is talking about individuals who are, they're of no use or no value to society. You are not contributing anything to a dying world. Why? Because we're so, we've become so inwardly. And, and, and this, is a, this is a battle that each and every one of us face, the, this battle with selfishness. I, I struggle with this all the time, every single day, every single day, because this thing wants all of my attention, wants all of my attention. And when I'm so inwardly focused, that means that I'm not focusing on the needs of other people. I was reading through Philippians this week, Philippians chapter 2 to be specific. And throughout that little, beautiful little letter that the Apostle Paul penned to the church and, there, and on the churches there in Philippi, he's like, listen, um, your life in a nutshell should be about other people. It should be about Jesus and it should be about others. Well, should you just completely not pay attention to it? No. You're on the list, and that's the acronym that was, that's commonly used there. I know John Corson says this all the time. It's joy. It's Jesus, others, then you. Well, if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't take a... No, no, no. Focus. If, if I can encourage you to do anything, if I can encourage you to do anything, focus more on Jesus. Focus more on Jesus. You focus on Jesus. You, you pay attention to the needs of others around you. And you will be taking care of yourself ultimately as well. I can promise you this. You'll be a lot happier. You will be a lot happier. 
for whatever reason, our society is like, no, they're like, no, we'll, we'll do away with the J. Um, the O matters, kind of, sometimes, when it's convenient. But the biggest thing is the Y. It's the U. The biggest thing is the U. That's, that's, not, that's not the biggest thing. It's not the biggest thing. And people who function with the Ys being the biggest thing are the most stressed out people and the most unhappy people on this planet. Science has proven that. It's proven that. Even within social media. It's like, it's proven that the more time we spend on ourselves and focusing in on ourselves and promoting ourselves, the more unhappy we are. It's time to flip the script on that and say, okay, let's promote Jesus. That's going to cost you something because in the last days, times, there will be times of difficulty. But these individuals, they will be lovers of themselves. They will be lovers of money. Covetous is the other word there. Lovers of money. Proud. Of course they are. Arrogant. Absolutely. Abusive. Abusive. What does that mean? That they're physically assaulting people? No. No. The other, the other way to uh, translate that word is speaking evil speaking evil. In the last days, times will be difficult, and there will be individuals who function on these levels. These, these will be the fruits that they are producing within their lives. You will be able to tell them, because you can tell a good tree from a bad tree, because trees produce fruit. And if it's a bad tree, it's going to produce bad fruit. And, and Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, they're going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They're going to be proud. They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be abusive, or out of their mouth will be a continual flow of evil, speaking evil, because from the heart, right, or from the mouth flows the abundance of the heart. So be careful with what you're taking in, because if you're packed down with garbage, that garbage will work its way out, and it rarely will affect you. It will always affect other people. I know that when I'm just like, usually if you go back to the very first one, the lovers of self, man, when I'm so focused in on myself, usually the things that come out of my mouth are harmful to other people. And it's just how it works. So be cautious, be careful, but also be aware that there will be individuals and I mean, it's just from their mouth, it's this, this speaking evil and what, what all does that mean? I know we're kind of conjuring up within our brains like different ideas of what that means. And I'm just saying that the speech that they, that, they, that they share with other people, it's not edifying. It doesn't build up. It tears down. It tears down. It's abusive. They're going to be uh, disobedient to their parents, meaning essentially there's just no honor. There's no respect and especially towards their parents, um, they're just, there's no care. There's no care. This is how they function. Now, you'll note that through this list and some of the other things that we go through, I mean, you can kind of see like different, you know, Ten Commandments kind of popping out, right? Honor your mother and your father. Well, these guys are doing the opposite of that. They're dishonoring mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever it may have been. They're completely... Um, just rebellious towards whatever mom and dad have to say. This would be in the last days, and we're like, man, I got 
I got four kids in my house. Like, is this, is this them now? Like, is this my... Because there's some days where it feels like this is applied, applied to my kids. No, that's like normal teenage stuff. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about those types of things. So don't like bring your kid in for some sort of like counseling session because they're disobedient to you. They're probably a normal kid, all right? Like we all were there once. I know that. This is the, an attitude. And again, remember, we're talking about leaders, This is an attitude, this is a heart condition within grown people who have absolutely no care for foundations that were laid for them, for foundations for for poor mom, poor dad, poor whoever. And as we know, contextually from this letter, Paul started out telling Timothy, like, your mom and your grandma, they taught you the word. They pointed you to Jesus. Timothy, you know, you know how, you know the value of that. You know the value of living that out. These individuals could care less. But this is how, this is just how they're, they're I mean, this is, this is just their state. And look at it, lovers of self. I mean, you can see it is just one thing on top of the other. Of course, they're going to be disobedient to their parents. Of course, they're not going to care. Of course, there's not going to be any honor. They don't care about that stuff. They're going to be ungrateful. Right? It's a thankless society. There are leaders who, they, they will never say thank you. They will never appreciate you. So if you get caught up in some of these guys and maybe you align yourself with some of these individuals, you need to be aware of the fact that you will never be appreciated. You will never be appreciated. They're ungrateful. They're unholy. They're unholy. That's a, an interesting word because we know that the term holiness technically means set apart for a specific use. And and it really speaks more so to serving the Lord. You are set apart for the service of the Lord, for a specific use, to be used by Him. Well, would the opposite be true of unholy? Maybe you're still set apart, but maybe you're set apart from the Lord for a specific use it really would have a connotation of just worldliness. Worldliness. You're not really distinct from the world. See, a holy person would be distinct from the world because you have been set apart. There's a difference between you. There has to be a difference between you, if you're saved, than individuals who are not saved in the way that you live and the choices that you make and all that. An unholy person would be distinct from saved people in the sense that they look and act and function like everybody else in the world. So this unholy, this reversal and the distinction there, Paul is talking to Timothy about religious leaders saying, they're unholy. They are distinct from you. They look different from you. They look like the world. He goes on, verse 3. The list goes on. There's like 18 of these things. Um, They're heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Heartless. They They don't care about anybody else. Lacking compassion. Lacking compassion. They, they don't care about anybody else. This is that mentality of like, I, people are only good to me as far as like they can help me to get up that ladder, so to speak. I mean, individuals are nothing but just a, a rung on the ladder just to help me to promote myself. 
to get up there as high as I can. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of 2 Timothy. One of the biggest takeaways from this book is that it's an opportunity for the Apostle Paul to give a sort of closing argument, solidifying who he is in Christ and what he was willing to sacrifice for the furtherance of the gospel. In chapter 4, Paul states, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. How many people can say that, that they've lived well and haven't fallen away from God even in times of adversity? This is an incredible statement that Paul speaks. May you strive today and every day to be able to say the same, that you've fought the fight, that you've finished the race, and most importantly, that you've kept the faith. We're so glad that you tuned in to study the Word with us today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can listen again online at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab. And if you're looking for a church to call home, we'd love to be that for you. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. You can get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at our website, breadforthebroken.com. Be sure to let us know how we can be lifting you up in prayer, too. That's all the time that we have for today, but we encourage you to keep on reading on your own. There's more to learn from the book of 2 Timothy, and Pastor James wants to share these things with you right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, who I love.